may have noticed the sun shining just a little bit brighter, birds chirping a little louder, a certain energy in the air, perhaps. We braved a cold, terrible winter to be here today. I know fantasy owners are beginning their training, reading the draft prep, doing the mock drafts, and it brings us to this moment where all men's wills and cunning are tested. It's been too long. Welcome back, gentlemen. Fantasy is here, and this is the scuttle. And what up, y'all? That was the first pod I had ever recorded. Uh, That the date, the timestamp on that was August fifth, twenty eighteen, which essentially means this will be what I am considering the start of the fourth season of the scuttle. Kind of amazing that we're here four years later. We're still, still going at it. Still going at it. Still love doing this. and before I get into uh, who our first guest of every season is, I wanted to give a little prep on how each of these new episodes in season four will work. So as promised in my highly controversial video earlier in April, I will be sharing all of my secrets. So each probably 10 to 12 minutes of each pod will just me kind of soloing it. Uh, running through each position class, so I've grouped them as we'll do quarterbacks, defense, and special teams, and kickers today. Uh, the next pod will be wide receivers. The next one after that will be tight ends, and then the final runs will be running back. So each session will essentially be kind of what I refer to as my guiding principles, how I think about each position, where I like drafting them, kind of the more macro level analysis. And then I'll also be getting into my micro level as well, which players I like, which ones I don't. Um, again, we're still pretty early as we're recording this. It's July 25th, so these are still more um, I- ideas, not really hypothesis yet. I really don't have any hard convictions, but it's just where I'm at as of July 25th, 2021. So, uh, and I know some folks are probably thinking, is is is, this a, is he up to his bag of tricks again? Is he actually? Am I? Am, is this some sort of manipulative measure to kind of? perhaps artificially inflate someone's value, maybe have someone take them so that I can get the guy that I really want at my round. Um, And ultimately, I'll let you guys decide. I think the question you all need to ask yourself is, do you think I'm more cocky or do you think I'm more manipulative? If you think I'm cocky, then you know that this is what I'm saying is the truth. And I honestly just think that it'd be fun to see uh, how other people take what I think and apply it. Or if you think I'm manipulative, then just disregard it all. And just think that I'm just full of shit. And you could probably just skip, honestly, the first 12 to 14 minutes. I'll actually um, outline, if you just want to listen to the pod and just totally disregard this section, I'll probably put the timestamp in on where I'll actually get to the interview. So with that in mind, let's kick it off with uh, kicker defense, special teams, and quarterback. Um, Don't need to take too much time on kicker. Uh, all I would say here is never take a kicker before, honestly, I never take a kicker before round 15. If you're in the back half of 14 and you feel so compelled to take a bucker, I'm not going to fault you too much for it. I ultimately don't really think kicker matters that much to begin with. I'm not going to spend too much time on it. The only other thing I would say with kicker is very easy to stream kicker. I started streaming kickers. I just started doing this last year. Um... But it's pretty easy, honestly. All the analysis of the top 12 kickers usually is just the, whatever the high for points on the weeks are, the top games. They just put those kick after like maybe your top four or three. They're usually just round like it's just kind of always shuffling whichever games will be highest scoring. 
there's almost always a top eight guy that you can just go drop your kicker, go pick up another one after the waiver wire. Um, and there's always a top 12. I've never done this strategy and not seen a top 12 kicker on the board. It's worked pretty well for me. Again, the nature of the game, you'll get screwed by kickers. You'll win with kickers occasionally. It, it comes and it goes. Um, but when high, just never take a kicker before round 14, honestly. Um, and that's that's all it is. It's kickers. We don't need to spend too much time on it. Um, defense and special teams. So defense and special teams, another uh, obvious streaming candidate. I personally have never uh, really drafted a defense with the intent of like playing it, you know, eight weeks of a 16-week season. Um, I've always been a streamer on it. it. There's pretty compelling evidence that shows that as far as like fantasy performance, that defense kind of just returns back to the regression line. So, you know, if you were a really good defense Last year, like the 49ers are a good example of Salah. The year they went to the Super Bowl, um, they were a top they were a top fantasy defense that year. The next year, they returned back to the mean, where I think they were like pretty like 16th or 17th, right at the the middle of the pack. So, I don't really like too much drafting defenses with the intent of like these are this is going to be my defense week in week out. There is something to be said for institutional defenses. Um, you know, the Steelers come to mind, the Bears, maybe the Ravens. Um, teams that just, for whatever reason, can just kind of instill some defensive principles that really make them strong. I don't get too much out of that. I honestly find it to be a lot more powerful to just stream defenses. There's almost always four to five teams that are just dog crap, especially when you get into the meat of the season. Maybe the first four weeks is a bit of a crapshoot, but once you get out of there, there's usually an injured quarterback. There's usually your real dumpster fires start to emerge, and it's not too difficult to get lucky. Um, so that would be, I say with defense. Now, the one other thing, one other tip that I'm surprised more people don't do is the streaming defenses right from the jump. Um, really good strategy here. So when you're, when you're drafting defenses, because I usually don't go for like these, you know, like defenses I think are going to be really good. It's always good if you like, for example, I know this is going to be kind of controversial. I'm pretty low on the Bengals this year. So I would look at like who the Bengals are playing week one, and that would be the defense I draft. And that's kind of what, just start the streaming right from the draft. Um, if you have some teams that you think are in the bottom five, uh, that could be something to consider. You know, I wouldn't, um, I would say that this year there's not as many like out and out dumpster fires. I'd say I'm never against taking a look at, um, taking a look at like the Jags. I, I think Trevor Lawrence will be good, but he's still a rookie. It's still a new head coach. Um, so I wouldn't hate that play. Um, so I don't hate that. There's some other teams. I mean, but I would consider just taking a look at those squads uh, and kind of like seeing, and, and is the, is the, take a look at the Vegas over-unders, whichever has the lowest over-under for wins and just selecting the team that plays them. Um so that's that. So the last component here that I wanted to get into, probably the most significant, is quarterbacks. So uh, as you know, quarterbacks, so you're catching me kind of an interesting time here. Typically, I would, I've always been a quarterback guy, draft them as late as possible. You know, I've never really been a big believer in the, like, taking a quarterback early. I think that, I mean, for a multitude of reasons. A, 
if you take a look at it, you know, the, the first year I won, I got Mahomes in the back half of the, I think around 9 or 10. Gertz, the year he had Lamar, he got him in the back 9 or 10. And then Spears uh, with Kyler got him, and I think in round 5. So that was the earliest. But I've still just found, like, the first two to three rounds, I've always just found that you're taking quarterback at his highest possible ceiling there. And that always kind of... The return on investment there, I think, is is it's just tough, right? I mean, you're really drafting them at their absolute ceiling. And then I think what always gets missed in that is kind of the opportunity cost of taking a quarterback because there's just so few truly game-changing talents on a fantasy team. And, and, you know, so, you know, there might be, what, 25 players that really make a difference, 30, you know? So... When you take a quarterback, it's like you're taking them at their absolute ceiling and you're forfeiting on someone on one of the blue chippers in a position that, like, it's very... I mean, Ian Imhoff, Aaron Rodgers went undrafted last year and Imhoff picked him up and started him all year and it was the MVP. So there's just no other position where you can get as good as value in the late rounds. Like, you know, if you're taking a running back or a wide receiver around 9 or 10, unless you get super lucky, that's going to be a pretty average pick. You know, you're not, but it's only at quarterback where you can get those real game changing sleepers. And as a result, it then makes taking one in the first two to three rounds just, you're just betting on, it's just not a bet I like to make. I just don't, you have to think of fantasy. There's a reason like a lot of fantasy experts come from poker. It's because it's a very similar, like you're just taking bets and you're just trying to put yourself on the right side of as many bets as possible. And over the long run, you're the winner. Um, so as a result, not a big fan of taking a quarterback in the top two to three rounds. Now, what's interesting, though, is you are catching me. My my thought process is changing a little bit here, and I am more willing, I think, to take a quarterback earlier now because so many quarterbacks now, I, I'm sure many folks are aware of this, the, the dual-threat quarterback has really changed fantasy analysis and quarterback specifically, and there's it's not a surprise that you know, in eight in eighteen, I won with Mahomes, who was the best quarterback. Gertz's team was the best year, best in twenty nineteen. He got upset, but that team was really good, and he had Lamar. And then Spears got to the finals with Kyler in twenty twenty. They're having an elite dual threat quarterback. I mean, we all remember Kyler last year. If you just took his rushing numbers, was an RB one. So you've essentially added another RB one into your lineup. It makes you that's there's a reason Spears' team was so good. Like, it, just think about how powerful having one legitimate RB1 is, and now you have two of them, like an extra one slotted in, it just it just not only locks your team into a really solid floor scoring point total weekly, it also gives you a ton of upside. And so you're really catching me at a difficult time here, and it's why I am more willing to draft a quarterback early. Now, with that being said, I'm still... When I say early, the only guy I'm really looking at, honest to God, is Jalen Hurts. So I'm not against, again, like your Russell Wilsons, your Josh Allens, your, you know, Mahomes, Lamar, Kyler, all, all the, all the you know, gangs all there. I have no issues with some folks taking those guys. You know, their ADP is like kind of round. There's a bit of a drop off, but your ADP for those guys is usually, you know, it looks like most drafts, Mahomes go in early third, Josh Allen early fourth, and then Dak, Kyler, Lamar are all going in the fifth round. Um, so I like that. I mean, again, it's I'm probably not eyeing those guys too much there, 
I don't hate it. Again, I wouldn't before I wouldn't make fun of you the way I might have two to three years ago. Um, but again, I, personally for my strategy, the way I always ended up, it's like I always take running backs in those rounds because I usually don't take them in round the first like the first or second round. So I need to load up on running backs there. So it doesn't make sense for me to take a quarterback. But I wouldn't really dislike anyone now. What I'm, my strategy is I head into the year right now, again, this could change. I, 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 I'm, this is just kind of what I'm formulating right now is I'm, I'm really of the opinion of like, I like Jalen Hurts early and then I'm going to come back in round 13, 14 or whatever Justin Fields is going and pick him up as well. Um, I feel very, very, I, I like Jalen Hurts. I like his intangibles at Oklahoma. He's going, you know, mid eighth round. So I can probably get him at the end of my seventh round pick there. Um, you know, a great example of someone who has an actual quarterback to win you games, probably not great, but is a fantasy guy, I think he'll be really good. And I think what's most compelling about Jalen Hurts is the dude is built like a brick shithouse. I mean, can to- I mean, everyone's seen the squatting, the deadlifting. I mean, he lifts like a linebacker. So what that tells me is that he's he'll be really effective around the goal line. I can see a lot of quarterback power, just quarterback draws, him going into the shuffle. I also think what's really compelling about Jalen Hurts is he's not the future answer. I don't think the Eagles I mean it's not, you know, he could have a really good year, maybe he becomes it. I don't think the Eagles are thinking of him as their long term solution. So I think they'll be far more reckless in their play calling with him. You know, I, I think they it'll kind of almost treat him like the workhorse running back who it's like, hey, we're not we're we're not resigning you at the end of this year anyway, so we're gonna give you three hundred touches and then you you know, we'll cut you and we'll 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 go about our day. So I do think that both of those components I really like Jalen Hurts on. But I think the more compelling part to this strategy is actually looking at Justin Fields in the later rounds. Um, I'm real I mean, I think we all know that Andy Dalton is just a sad, sad joke as the starting quarterback. They might the Bears might do it just as like I mean, I could honestly starting, see Justin Fields starting week one. I wouldn't put money on it. I would put it on the other way, but it wouldn't surprise me. Regardless, Justin Fields would be the starter by, you know, we all said it in the group me before week six. I mean, unless the Bears start, I'd say they almost have to start like four and two, even if they're three and three. It will not be an inspiring three and three. Andy Dalton is what he is at this point. So they're going to be calling for Fields. And I really like the. It's much of the same way where you can get a rookie running back who totally tears it up at the back half of the year. I think Justin Fields equally has that power. He, I think, he, and I've always Ian Imhoff always had a nugget that I always really appreciated around when they when NFL defenses don't have a year of tape on you, it, it, you have the element on surprise on them, you know. And I can see Justin Fields doing a lot of tuck and running. He's a big dude. Big hips, big ass, and I like, I, I could just totally see, I think it's worth, you know, in round 13 or 14 getting a flyer on him because he could be a league winner. He could be a guy that's routinely putting up 25, 30 points, um, you know, maybe only throwing for 150 yards and a touchdown, but, you know, adding 70, 80 yards on the ground and maybe a couple scores. So I, the upside there is really, really high, and, and it also gets into, like, I really want the dual threat quarterbacks. Again, you know, I'm not going to, hate on you. I think I actually really like Tannehill as well this year. Um, if you are going in that back half of the draft, I think Tannehill's been great for a while. And is, I know Ian, Ian Kyle's been on this. He always has Tannehill. Um, but I like Tannehill. So I'm not hating on you if you have a non-rusher. But in my mind, with the way the league is going, it's just absolutely vital to have a rushing quarterback. So that's where I'm at right now. Um, there's some other folks. I'm not going to... I mean, Jerry... 
I know some folks are really excited about Stafford. Me personally, I've I've seen the Stafford show. I, I actually think Stafford's a little overrated, truth be told. So he doesn't really speak to me in the later half. Um, you know, there's some Joe Burrow love. I want to wait and see. Um, Zach Taylor for me is on my watch. He's just a really shitty coach. And I mean, they're six and twenty six in the past two seasons. And I know like Burrow gets injured, but. I'm just not a Zach Taylor fan. I think they kind of. I think he's a little in over his head. So I'm not really a big fan of Joe Burrow. Um, and then after that, you're you're looking at like you know Fitzpatrick, Cousins, and just just some guys that I don't really think are moving the needle. Probably won't go drafted. So um, that's where it's at for me. So like I said, um, when I'm thinking about quarterbacks, I'm always thinking back half because I don't want to put up with. You know, I, I just think there's the opportunity cost of drafting a quarterback in your first three rounds is just too high when you're considering what you're foregoing to take that pick, especially when you consider how good they have to perform to make good on that value. Um, I am less has I still don't love taking Allen and Mahomes where they're at. It, it, the, I think the real value is in that middle round with Dak, Kyler, Lamar, um, and Russell is kind of where I would be far more inclined to take someone. But like I said, what I'm really eyeing this year is Jalen Hurts at the end of the seventh, and then coming around on Justin Fields in the later half. Now, one other component that I, I do want to call out is, you know, there's going to be a lot of Trey Lance discussion. I don't hate Trey Lance. First off, I'm a Bears fan, so I just I would like to have Fields before Lance. But I'm a little more concerned with Lance for the obvious reasons. He didn't. He played almost no games last year, and he played at F- FCS. Like it's not. I just think it's a it's a lot to ask of a quarterback to be playing who has not literally he's not really played any game in almost two years, and when he was he was playing against like Montana Wyoming's community college, and now he's looking at like gliding up against the freaking like Rams and Aaron Donald. So for me, again, I don't hate it if I would consider you know if people like are like oh, I'm gonna screw Alec and I'm gonna take Fields just to hurt him. I would consider Lance. I think Fields is the better prospect, but I'm not off on Lance. I just, I think Fields is a much better look. So uh, that is pretty much it uh, from the quarterback, defense, special teams, and kicker section. The next week, like I said, will be tight ends. Won't be as long. I might end up combining wide receivers and tight ends. Uh, But that is it. So with that in mind, we will get into the rest of the pod with, as always, Andrew Bennett. Take it easy. Welcome back, folks. Uh, we are entering in, man, it's been a minute. I, uh, it's been a long time since you've heard my voice, honestly. It's been, you know, I kind of had a lot of stuff on my end. Uh, we are officially kicking off, I can't believe this, the fourth season of The Scuttle today, uh, which is kind of crazy when you say it out loud. And, you know, I can't imagine doing the first pod of the year with anyone else but Andrew Bennett. Andrew, how you doing? What's up, champ? How you doing? I'm good, my man. I'm good. I gotta say, I, uh, you know, I, I've been real. I kind of it snuck up on me how much I enjoy doing these pods. I kind of woke up this morning and I felt like I was my my hair on my arms was standing up a little bit. Like it's we're almost there, my man. We're almost there. It, it signals the beginning of the season, and you know how I performed during the season. So this is a high point. <laughs> My fantasy 2021. So, welcome to another season. Welcome. Happy to be here with you. Thank you, my man. And I, I'm happy to be here with you as well. And so, first off, before we get into the meat and potatoes, what's been going on with you? How's Cleveland? How's the married life? How's it all been going? Cleveland's good. Same old. Uh, we, we're still liking it up here. Married life is good. 
Um, I've been married for far longer than a year. That's a good point. Everybody here here knows that. Um, No, it's good. We just came back from vacation. We were in Florida for a week with my family, so that was a good, fun week. Mm. Um, How's the uh, else, How's the fam? How's your brother doing? How's DB doing? Good. Um, DB's still DB. My brother's um, hating his job, but loving Cincinnati, I think. Yep. So yeah, family's good. Yeah, my my uh, my brother was talking to him. They he said he's my brother's been up to Cincinnati with with your brother, and he said that they're Cincinnati's a fun town. I got. Have you visited him there? Um, we were down there, what, uh, two, three weeks ago, actually. And yeah, there's this, he's actually in like Newport. So in oh. Kentucky, right across the river there. And yep. the bar scene's pretty cool over there. So well, good. he's well, in a pretty good spot. Well, I'm sure Chris is really keeping his nose to the grindstone. I, I, I bet he's not in those bars too much. So he probably misses out, no, you know? No, of course not. Yeah. Yeah. Not the, <laughs> the hard work in Bennett. No. <laughs> well, great, man. It's great to hear from you. Um, like I started off the pod, can you believe that this is the fourth season of The Scuttle, huh? This is, we are in, technically, so I would consider this to be the ninth year of this, of this league, fourth year of The right. Scuttle. Where, where's your, I mean, it, you've built this. This is your kingdom here. I mean, how, how are you feeling looking oh, over no. it I can't take credit for The Scuttle, of course. I can take credit for the great league, the great <laughs> administration i've put together over the years and the way i run the league um, i'm sure kurtz could attest to that well. oh i'm yeah but no this media empire that you and Imhoff <laughs> have built over the years is just something else man it's, well i didn't think about it until you brought it up but four years is crazy i'm really trying i mean hey you know we're, we'll, we'll be taking sponsors at any time if anyone knows anyone i would be happy to take them uh but yeah so and what's great even crazier though is this is the ninth, you know, technically if we can consider the freshman year, because this could be, the, but I really think of this next year as the 10th year. We'll be doing this for a decade next year. So, I, yeah, kind of remarkable. Still on to Vegas, right? Are, are we all kind of aligned that Vegas is where we're going next year? I'm sure it'll be a hot topic here in what, a month or so. Seriously. Um, but, yeah, I think if we can get enough steam behind that idea headed into next year and, and we plan it well it's, it's definitely a good 10-year anniversary i agree and i'm curious bennett yeah. i feel like you're one of the more seasoned vegas people in our group would you there's been some discussion around maybe we kind of go with a different approach and we do like a hotel room maybe one group gets a suite and then we kind of have two other rooms filled uh with just some guys what, what do you think about the get going away from the airbnb and doing the hotel thing in Vegas, does that? What are your thoughts there? That would be my vote if we did Vegas. I just think it's easier, right? You're, you're really, at least from my experience, you're only bouncing from you know a handful of casinos once you're there if you're on the strip or staying on the strip. Um, so I think if we found a a reasonably priced hotel for when we do it, and like you said, one suite, a couple rooms that we can bounce between, um, I think that's probably the way to go. Okay, and it'll be cost-effective for all of us. Yeah, I I, I, I got to say, I, I used to live in Vegas, haven't been since, you know, 2009, I guess it would be. Uh, are there any casinos that, that really speak to you? What's, what have you, where, where casinos have you stayed at there? Um, that's a good question. The last, I don't remember the last time I was out there, it's been a couple of years, but we stayed at Bally's, which was nice. Okay. Um, 
reasonably priced. And then um, I stayed at like Caesars and a couple, couple of those there in that general vicinity. But I think if you're at that end of the strip, you, you can't go wrong with any of the you know, middle tier casino hotels. Okay. Well, that's good to know. I, uh, I think we're, we're around in the train. I think, I just, I think there's a lot we can really start planning for the 10 year, but right now let's focus on the present 2021 draft, black hot Colorado. Uh, how you feeling? What are you thinking about the cabin vibe? What are you thinking about? I'll can do a little bit on black Hawk as a town, but, uh, what do you think about the Airbnb? What do you, the, the, I know it's going to be a bitch getting out there. What, what are your thoughts so far as you're heading into this, uh, 2021 year um well i can't stop thinking about the announcement itself ah so might have a couple questions for you you and your your, your mental space certainly but certainly. beyond that um i think you did a great job with the airbnb i was very pleasantly surprised with your ability to plan this without speaking to a single soldier <laughs> so so hats off to you man um, I like the cabin vibe. I know we've been talking about that for a couple of years. So, you know, we've, we've had a string here of, of warm weather and, and beach or pool, which will be, um, you know, I, I still think it'll be hard to, to, to miss that. Right? I'll, yeah. I'll miss that. I liked our last couple of trips, but the, um, the cabin vibe I'm pretty excited for, especially with the size of this thing that you got. So, yeah, you know, I definitely, um, Went a little radio silent. You know, Ben and I moved in with my longtime girlfriend, Leslie. And, you know, there was some... There, I got a new job. Uh, there's just a lot of uh, a lot of change in my life. So I was... There was some other things. You know, I learned a there's lot. No judgment. <laughs> this thing is a little fucked up what you sent out to the group. I mean, that was really... That was kind of me. I kind of viewed that as like my mea culpa like i've gone like let's let's stir some shit up let's get things going here you know hey, um i'm all about stirring the pot hey man i think Gert spears just had to stir the pot saturday with bill but so a little bit about blackhawk i think have you yeah. invested much in or looked much into the city itself i've been doing a little more research lately as we get a little closer um yeah Tell me your perspective. So need, here's my Blackhawk. It's a population 100 town. Yeah. Where so are we headed? here, here was kind of my, I, I heard, I, I heard the feedback, you know, I don't, I do, I don't do a formal survey, but I heard the feedback from San Diego and I, I know that the Airbnb was not up to snuff. So in my mind, I was thinking like, okay, let's do something that, cause it, when you're doing the Airbnbs, it's like, it's like you can do. Nice house, moderately priced, great location. And you can only pick right. two of those, you know? And so I was like, we've kind of done the better location sacrificing on the Airbnb the past two years. So I was thinking, let's go the other direction. Let's kind of get an off the beaten path, but let, let people really frolic on the space. Because I feel like guys just like, we just like playing you. Like it really, Leslie doesn't, she just did a bachelorette party. And she always thinks, and hers was kind of crazy. I, I tell her, like, ours are pretty tame. Like, she's like, you don't have to lie to me. I'm like, I'm not lying, right? Like, I feel like we like just drinking, playing video games, playing euchre, and talking shit about our teams, you know? I agree, because, you know, the past two trips, with the exception of the beach last year, we didn't leave. Like, we didn't. We left one night in Arizona two years ago. Yep. We 
we thought we were going to go out far more than that, and we didn't. So we, we should always favor the Airbnb or the, you know, the accommodations over what we do or location, in my opinion. So I think you made the right move. And I think, too, the other thing to, to consider, though, is – so Black, the other thing that I really know this group is talking about, and this is kind of the big thing, Blackhawk, a lot of gambling. That This was the what kind of sold me is – Blackhawk actually legit. So it was an old mining town that they essentially just converted into a mini casino area. There's about six, seven, like kind of nicer national national uh, casinos down there that kind of obviously not to the extent of Vegas, but it does have its own like strip that you can walk down um, and will offer pretty good. I saw some like people were saying, you know, on Reddit that there's some three to two payouts on Blackjack, that it's a little, because it's a little bit out there, your payouts are a little bit nicer. Um, right. So I think we're going to, I mean, a lot, I think this trip will be a lot more expensive than San. There will be a lot more gambling. Um, but I think, I think. Oh, the amount. <laughs> what was that? The, the amount of money that's going to be lost is frightening. Yeah, we'll get into that later. I uh, I forget with you, but are you a blackjack guy? What what do you peruse at? Um, I would go craps than blackjack. Okay, craps than blackjack. Ian Kyle's a big craps guy too, right? Yeah. We have yet to, as a group, this was another. I really do. I'm not really a big gambler, but I am dying to get all of us. I just have this vision of like all of us a little liquored up. Playing at a craps table, all twelve of us. I don't know. Just the noises coming from that table, if it got hot, would be absurd. I mean, it would be anarchy. I, like, and the thing that's great about that, like, that I love about that is, you know, if I was losing money, but like Bill was on a heater, I would be so invested. I'd be like, and, like oh, I feel yeah. like it's like betting, and it's like if if I if if someone else is winning, it's like. It's like I'm winning, you know. I'm. I would be. It's like someone's going to be winning, maybe. So exactly. You know. That's the fun part about craps. I just think that's such an enticing thing. I just can't. Like, if some guy walking out with three, four hundred bucks, it just really appeals to me. I don't. I don't know the first thing about craps, but I think it could be fun. I think it could be really fun. I I like the idea. I I mean I'm sure we'll find other stuff to do. So. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm uh, sure. I'm loving the the pick and the location. I think it'll be good once we get everybody out there. Yeah, and what what when are you arriving, Bennett? Um, I'm earlier on Thursday morning. Okay. So I'll yeah. meet up with those guys around noon. Yeah, I think you know I think it'll be interesting too um, with the the kind of out there approach too, where I. I am curious to see like how how much of the I think the spirits of like I think the draft I think that's what I'm most happy about having a bigger location is the draft itself it's nice when you have like a nice big living room you know yeah we were, we were a little cramped last year coming coming down the stairs into the <laughs> combo room it. there I mean Plus it was hotter than <laughs> it was huh? might have contributed to Ian Inhoff's emotional breakdown. Uh, well, just somebody make sure they bring a backup computer charger. <laughs> For God's sake, I forgot the mentally sane. The draft off the phone is great. Well, speaking oh, of man. the draft itself, 
So I really wanted to talk. Now, I, I, this has been a highlight. I've been talking about it for ever since we did it. The live draft board. You architected that thing. Where's your head at with that? Matching it up. What, what are your thoughts on the, the draft experience itself as we approach here? Well, I love the live draft. I don't. I think we had some mixed reviews. I think if you pulled everybody, we'd probably get, I don't know, 60, 40, 70, 30 in mm-hmm. favor of it. Um, I don't know if you get a different vibe from the rest of the group, but I, I, I thought it was cool. And I think, like you said, it, with a much more spacious draft area, it, it makes a lot more sense to, to do something like that. And, you know, we're not going to be doing anything else, so we have plenty of time to go with a, a live draft and, and take our time and ben, picks, right? Yeah, amen. And, Ben, I can't remember, did we do, because we essentially did where we had it on our computers and then we would pause, make our selection, and then unpause. Isn't that how we, wasn't that how we did it? I don't remember exactly. I think that's one way to do it. I thought, because we did it in Arizona, right? Yep, yeah. I thought I had to go back in after the draft and just fill out each roster. Okay. Or, you know, put in all the picks. But even if that's what happens, that's not the worst. Yeah, and scenario. for the folks who are on the fence about the live draft, first off, I mean, it's a long day. I think, like you said, though, when when you have more space, a little bit easier. You know, when you're not, when you don't feel like, you know, Ian Imhoff's breath is on the back of your neck, feel, it's a little bit easier to kind of, you know, just spread out. You don't feel so confined. The second thing, and this is the, the most important aspect, just envision that air, the sun rising over our live draft board, that giant oh, yeah. window, all of, I mean, that image is what it's it's making me work hard this year that was almost better than drafting live right what you know live or automated you're making the picks you make so that that point is moved in my opinion the the draft board hanging there for three more days and like waking up to bill just sitting there staring (laughs) at it glazed over he's been there overnight probably (laughs) staring at the draft board was once in a lifetime so i'd I'd love to see that again. You do bring up a great point. You, we could also do a we draft. Yeah, I mean you're right. Ultimately, we just need the banner with right. on. Like I just can't imagine waking up, getting out of my room, seeing the sun rising over it with a cup of coffee in hand. I mean, that's that shit gets me excited. You know, I I don't I don't know that moment alone. I think we got to have something. You know, I agree. Um, but, I mean, jokes aside, fun aside from it, I, I do think it makes people prepare a little bit more or know what they're doing. Right? <laughs> I'm guilty of it, but uh, you're not sitting there staring at best available on ESPN anymore, right? You've yeah. got to pay some attention here, um, not be shotgunning beers in the kitchen <laughs> or smoking weed on the deck. Um, so I think it brings another dynamic to the draft, man. It does. I mean, you know, part of the fun of the draft, though, is just seeing, like, you know, who moseys on off, who gets a little too dry. I mean, it's all, it's all, it's all fun. Yeah. But you're right. It does. You have to be a little bit more locked in with a live draft, which I also think is the very reason why people push back on it, honestly. Because uh, I, I, I think there are some folks who are just like, they, they, they come in every weekend, just kind of hit it live and let the chips fall where they may, you know. Uh, I mean, this is on my list, and we could keep talking it into existence, but I, I came in to this 
discussion with you today prepared to, to make an executive decision on this topic. Ooh, I mean, we can, we can, I know you had some commissioner items. We can kind of broach that subject when we get to that, but we'd so love we to hear. That. Well, yeah, we'll table we'll that for but yeah, I um so yeah, that's Blackhawk. I'm very excited. Uh, think it's gonna be a really good time. And honestly, I just it's like uh, you know, every year this it, it really does sneak up on me every year. Like holy shit, it's close. And I think as of writing this, we're forty one days out. I think forty two days out. I mean, it's it is right around the bend, you know. It's creeping up. It's gonna be fun. It is. I get my shit together. <laughs> I'm sh- I mean, Bennett, I'm sure you've already done hours of prep knowing you. Uh, uh, of course. But uh, not up to my standards. <laughs> um, well, great. Well, that's Blackhawk. I uh, as we get on to our next topic here, I I have prepared a little bit of over unders for you. Um, Love it. Kind of almost almost becoming a tradition. I think I've do- I think I did this two years ago. I don't think I did it last year. Always really like getting your take on it. Here we go. Over-unders for our group dynamics. Coming out of the gate, $575. Most money lost by an individual gambling throughout the weekend. What do you think? $575. Over-under. Lost? Lost. Yep. Most. Lost that's. This is the total. highest of our group. So this will be the biggest loser of the week. How much do you think that individual loses? $575 over-under. Oh, man. Tough, I know. That's yeah, tough, Mark. I gotta go over just because I think there's a six hundred dollar wild card in a group, um, a, a Joey Lesher type. Not not saying Joey's a bad gambler. <laughs> but yeah, I agree. I mean, you could never. I mean, I I would put Fez in that boat too. You never. I mean, Fez. Oh, yeah. Fez has, <laughs> has the potential. This is a wild card of all wild cards. Yeah, you put Fez in any category. Yeah, that's all true. Love him. Uh, um, okay, so you you think over? Interesting. I uh, what is barely, the, but over. What do you think? What is the amount you feel like? Do you have like? So you're more of a gambler than me. Do you have like a? Okay, I lose three hundred. I'm done. Do you have like a? Well, actually, I'll just gamble this amount of time, and whatever happens, happens. What's your? Do do you tell Allie like, hey, this is how much I'm losing? Like, how how do you how do you <laughs> weigh those waters? Well, those are conversations we don't have. <laughs> <laughs> That's agreed upon. Um, of course you can't hear me. Um, <laughs> no, so I'm a more I'm I would put myself as a more conservative gambler because I I like to be in control of things. It's mm. just my personality. But, yes. So I'll go in with like 200 to 400 that I've taken out. That is, that's my gambling budget. Gotcha. And I will use it, and hopefully I don't drink too much because then I'll venture back to the ATM. <laughs> Well, that's another thing too about Blackhawk. It does appear that they actually do still serve st- still serve drinks for free, which I I feel like maybe that's going away. But is it not? You would know. Is that I've heard that that isn't as common. Well, that... I don't think outside of Vegas, I don't think it's very common. Right? Okay. So you're talking about if, if you're playing, you're drinking basically, right? As long as you tip your yep. waitress. Exactly. Like you, you can't go to the casino in Ohio and and get that. Okay. You gotta pay for your drinks. I've heard Blackhawk is not that way. I, again, this was off a Reddit board, so take it for what you will. But I've heard in my half-assed internet research, it does appear that Blackhawk is of the free drinking. Your research keeps making it more and more dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But yeah, okay. So there you go. I uh, so over on the five seventy five. Okay. Here we go. One ounce of marijuana smoked between the group over under. What do you think? As as a barometer, we were right under an ounce as a group last year. Right, just oh my it. god. Yeah, stunning. That was a lot of weed last year. You know I love my weed, but I know you do. I it was a good god. Tremendous performance. Kind of one of the under discussed storylines from the draft is the this weed smoking performance by by some of our fellow league owners. All right, so... Here's the thing. We'll be in Denver. Like, this is... We are in the mecca of it all. I guess we'll be in Colorado, but in Blackhawk. But you... I mean, wow. So, like, Weed Town comparison. Give me that benchmark. What? How does Den- Denver blows California out of the water? I just think we'll, it'll be a lot easier. I Yes, I, I... My guess is that the dispensaries... I have not been to them, but I've heard... I mean, this is kind of where it was all born. They really are going at it. Uh, I think San Diego is a little wh- where we were at specifically. I think was a little less. I mean, obviously there were dispensaries. I think it was a little less likely, but Colorado, it's going to be like an Apple Store everywhere you look, and also better price too. That's the other thing as well. Interesting. Connor I'm going to say, go ahead. Connor Spears will be a. You know, he's now graduated. He is a doctor, so maybe... I mean, he's the big... He, him and Joe... I mean, Joe, I feel like you're... you're. I mean, he's the LeBron James here. He's, put, he's putting in his numbers. But do we see a reduction in Spears? Who knows, you know? Great, great point. Um, that's a tough one. It is. I... My gut says to stay under like last year under last so i'm gonna go under okay on on that one just due to my my lack of knowledge under on that one hey maybe i'll just jump in and and i'll blow it out (laughs) you can't affect the line (laughs) amen i know i mean you could get a good batch in you and who knows um love a good batch so okay number here we go point five Emotional breakdowns during the draft. What do you think? Point five, over under. Oh man, I'm trying to put last year as an outlier. Have we? I don't. I don't know that we get. I feel like we've had another one. Have we not? Maybe emotional? not. Have we not had someone? I feel never throwing of the phone. I mean, it just depends. Like, do you react to the chirping? Right. Right. You know that. Fez is going to make a pick, and Gertz is going to chirp it. And it could come in round two. It could be the first fucking pick, for all we know. So do you react? It's all about reaction. you got to keep your emotions in check. I mean, yeah, Bennett, you um, you are better at that than most. You're, you're, I, you are stoic during the draft. I feel like you, you come in, you have one mission, and you always draft a good team. People should take notes. You know, it's always, you always come out looking very clean from your drafts, yep. you know? My drafts don't hurt me. My management skills do. <laughs> I. Um, so yeah, what do you think? I mean, a lot of mitigating factors here, but the thing is, I also think I have a little take here. I think this draft is going to be pretty heavy on the drinking. I, I just got this feeling. I feel like last year 
was a little bit more tame. It was still COVID. We were outside most of the day playing, you know, you're just kind of like, there's just going to be a lot less, you know, when you don't have a beach, it's like, you just, we're going to be drinking more, you know, it's going to be a lot more of just do, it'll, it'll kind of have like your mom's, like being in your parents' basement vibe. It'll just be a nice ass basement, but just a lot of drinking. And I feel like we're going to have someone get a little riled up. I think we're going to have someone get a little more drunk. I personally think I I, I don't know I, I that that's kind of the vibe I'm getting as we head into this draft. I, I get what you're saying. I, I was trying to go historical with it. That's probably not a smart move. I think I'd agree with you. There's somebody out of the twelve that can easily blow a socket here. I'd love to see. So I'll go over over point five on the emotional breakdown. There we go. Okay, so we got a. Two overs on money lost during gambling and emotional breakdowns, and then an under on an ounce of marijuana smoked. So coming up on our last one, 12. Number of times Tom gets a good clean dick and smash. 12 times. A good, I mean, what do we think? Just a good, clean, swift one right to Tom in smash. What do we think? Over, under on 12. It's hard to say. You know Tom's practicing. <laughs> um, I'm going to hear about this one, one way or the other. <laughs> Third kid this rate. Um, I don't, 12 teams high. Give me the definition of a good, clean <laughs> Certainly. Well, the origin, to be, to be clear. the origin is me. <laughs> the definition is... Pretty much Tom just gets well, – why I say a good clean dick is just like a someone just puts him in the hurt chamber. So usually Dan does it where Dan puts like 50% damage on him and then ices him, just kills him. <laughs> so it's like 50 – so usually what I consider a good clean swift dick is 50% consecutive damage with me and you fighting and then I knock you out of the park. That's a good clean dick. Okay. So that, I mean that could happen – Multiple times within one. Oh, game. certainly. I mean, if okay. I've seen Tom do it multiple times in a game. Sometimes he's just a glutton. He just wants it, you know, and you just have to give it to him. You don't even want to sometimes. Maybe I'm giving Tom too much credit here. Maybe Tom's <laughs> a little rusty. Oh boy. Over. Wow. Over twelve. Over twelve. Good luck, Tom. You got this. Haters are your motivators, you know. Okay, and this one, because we just got to do it. It's our standard. Uh, 38 is the number, and the ter- the, the statement is number of Modellos crushed by Ian Kyle. 38 is the number, number of Modellos crushed by Ian Kyle. What do you think? Oh, Lord. This fella can put them away. Um Depends on how much we can transport. Last year, wow, the Costco run really padded some beer drinking numbers, I think. What do you mean? We had a lot of beer. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, we... That's the thing, too. We can really be... With folks getting in earlier and, like, we're not as car... We can... We could be a little bit more strategic around, like, doing the... Like, running... Coming in, checking into that Airbnb with our food so we can just like get there and, and ha- not have to worry about it we could even you know like that could be a big win for us you know yeah we definitely 
we need to start talking about that amongst ourselves because I don't think there's much out there once we're out there. No, agreed. Um, but 38 Modelo's at 12 to 18 a case. Yep. So well, I was thinking 18 a case. That's, so we're looking at two cases for Ian Kyle on his two own. cases plus some extra. What? It's tough. I mean, Ian Kyle, I mean, we saw oh, him... 38 is a weird number. It is. It was like a little, a two cases and a little extra, you know? Over the course of, give or take, three days, though, that's not too hateful. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not a ton, but again, it's like, it's not just like... Obviously, Ian Kyle could drink 38 beers in three days. I mean, that's like a, you know, he could knock that out. It's really more, how much do you think will be at the Airbnb versus out and about? You know, is, is he, it's tough. It's a tough number. I don't know. Well, I'm going to go over, which will make it more of a challenge. So somebody, Ian's not going to listen to this. Somebody make sure we remember this so that Ian drinks 40 Modellos over the course of four days. Here's the thing, though. I do feel like, and we should, by telling him the number, Ian Kyle might do 40 in a day just to, like, spite us. I could just see him being like, yeah, I could do 40 on a Friday. You yeah. know, I'll do them all. Let's not do that. Good call. Let's <laughs> buy a lot of Modelo. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> and start counting. <laughs> Good call. He put himself out for a day. <laughs> um, oh, shit. But there we go. Well, that is over under. So we have a. Uh, I like it. We got it done. We're uh, before we get into your uh, commissioner calls here. I know we have some statements you'd like to address the league with. I did just want to get some high level football takes here. How you feeling about the Steelers? How you feeling about the the AFC North in general? What's the What's the vibe of Steeler Nation right now? I I gotta say I. I don't have a good beat on how you guys feel about Big Ben, Najee Harris, the offensive line. You have some good wide receivers. What's, what's going on? What's what's the vibe here? Um, yeah, I was. I don't know. I was. I had mixed feelings about the draft. I, I didn't care about Najee Harris like some people did. Steelers always draft best available, so they they were going to take Najee at twenty, whatever they were. Yeah. Because um, you don't get a talent like that very often. I don't think he'll be good. He's solid. Um, but past that, I was a little concerned that they didn't beef up the offensive line and, and you know, drafted silly tight ends from Penn State and things like that. But, um, you know, neither here nor there. I, I'm not as concerned as, you know, other teams, fans, and media are about the offensive line or Ben or the offense in general. I think the Steelers could be much better than – you know, I, I live in Cleveland, for God's sakes, and I made the mistake of listening to Cleveland Sports Radio the other week. And they've got the Steelers pegged at 2-16, and 16, and Ben sucks, and he's washed up, and they can't run the ball, and they read too much into how last year it ended, I think, a okay. lot of these other media outlets. That's my take, but I'm also biased, of course. Yeah, I... I think... I still think the AFC North is going to be good. Baltimore's probably the front runner in my mind. Yeah. Um, I don't give Cleveland a vote of confidence. And I think the Bengals will be sneaky good. There, I said it. Wow. The Bengals will be sneaky good. Interesting. I did not. First off, to, to circle back, 
I feel you on drafting tight ends. The Bears drafted Adam Shaheen from fucking Ashland in round two in 2017. And then we followed that up with Cole Komet, who we also cut. In, that was our that was our second rounder, our earliest pick because we didn't have our first rounder because the Camille. Drafting tight ends, it just it hurts you. They just they always just get cut and they suck. And it's like God, I just hate. I have such. I have such. Yeah. I hate drafting tight ends. I hate it. It's a waste. It sucks. And then we ended up signing Jake Graham anyway. Yeah, rough. I feel you, man. I feel you there. I um. I am, salt water under the bridge. I think the Steelers will. The moral of the story is, I think the Steelers will be better than every person out there is making them seem. And I think, I think Ben will be better this year than he was last year, coming off an injury. I agree. I, I I'm sure you saw uh, the quote from Big Ben around like, you know, they people were asking him like, why why they. Why he might not have been as good, and he more or less said, you know, it might have been the reconstructive elbow surgery I had, but no excuses, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I just blew out my whole throwing arm, didn't throw a ball for a year, <laughs> and came back and played football. Might have been that, no excuses. I Classic Big Ben quote. Um, but yeah, I also, yeah, the AFC North, I it's so funny how much I think about the AFC North, because there's so many people in my life who are so invested. Yeah. But I... It's tough for me to get a read on the Steelers this year. I Big Ben, like, I think... I mean, he's actually eating well. I've heard it's like a diet in place for Big Ben. Is that correct? Those are rumors. Nobody's confirming or denying. <laughs> he, looked, he looked good going to camp. I mean, you saw Ben during COVID. Ben looked fat during COVID last year. <laughs> he did. Flat out huge. He looked... <laughs> He looked athletic walking into camp last year. I got to say, I wish more quarterbacks would get really fat. I just think it's great. I, I love a big, fat-ass qu- You're 39 years old. You're just... It just... Yeah, come on. More fat quarterbacks. Get, right. You have two years left. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You don't need more Tom Brady than this league. No, that's... The, yeah, Tom We The, the, the TB12 and the eating strawberries. I, speaking as a man who loves a good strawberry or carrot, I, I don't need... I, I would do with more fat quarterbacks, I gotta say. I hope we have apple slices at the draft. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm into carrot juice these days, as, as the video saw, so as long, maybe we get a carrot juice going. Yep. I, I'd be happy to brew some sure. up. Feed the mind, feed the body, you know. Um, Yeah, interesting thing with the Steelers. I think it'll be – it's funny you say – and I said this earlier in the pod because I'm doing like the little – my lay of the lands at the intro. And I'm actually not sure the Bengals – I'm really off on Zach Taylor. He's on my shit list now for coaches. I've read some stuff. He's 6-26. and He was the quarterback's coach. When they were just hiring anyone who had a conversation with McVeigh when he had that great year, I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure Zach Taylor is a leader of men, you know, and that scares me. So what? You, is this his second or third year? This is his third year. He's six and twenty-six his first two years. Mm-hmm. Now he's there. Obviously, were some adversities. Last year, yeah. Yep. I know it's like it's not totally fair. Reciprocally, though, I just I don't like I I just don't think he's a leader of men. And I and you have a rookie quarterback. You have a lot of young guys. It's going to take a heck of a coaching job. I'm actually a little bit less on the Bengals this year. But we'll see. We will see. I, I could see that. And it could be my pure – I think I hate Browns fans more than Bengals fans at this point. Is that right? Whoa. Is that old? It could just be me, could just be me living in Cleveland for the past five years. But yeah. They're, that... 
they're horrendous. That'll so it could be me just wishing bad will on the Browns. I um, see. But I, I see. I don't know. I, I think now, if Joe Burrow stays healthy, they, they could be dangerous. One more question I got. I got to pick your mind on with the Steelers. What's up with the wide receivers here? Claypool, Deontay Johnson, Juju, three. <laughs> so, And what's amazing of all this is Juju is actually going lowest right now in fantasy drafts. It goes Deontay, Chase, then Juju is the last guy. Is that right, dude? Do you think that Juju is the worst wide receiver or will be the worst performing fantasy wide receiver of those three? No, I think that's backwards to me. That's what I thought. I was stunned. I was like, didn't they bench I, Deontay Johnson? Yeah, he can't catch ball. He, he had so many drops last year that they sat him down at one point. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I could see like the stock for... Claypool or Johnson because Juju's the number one and he doesn't produce as much because he's locked down at times. But like talent wise, I still think Juju's the number one receiver. They all need to stop acting like twelve year olds. Yeah, <laughs> they do got but, some internal. Like, like Juju's still very talented. We shouldn't brush that off, in my opinion. I agree. I was I was really as I've been doing my research here. I've been. Yeah. Very surprised to see Juju going the lowest of those three. I, the Chase Claypool though is an athletic freak of nature. I mean that guy. Oh yeah. I mean at Notre Dame, like he. Oh. oh man, he, he was, was so hell of a player. He, like I, it was kind of amazing that like, this is just so stupid. Sometimes you like, like you know, I remember watching Chase Claypool at Notre Dame and thinking like, man, that guy seems like he's really good at football. Like I really feel like he could be good. And then like you know he. He would he didn't like I mean he got drafted in the second round. It wasn't like he slid or anything, but it was like it was weird. Sometimes is people were like saying these things they didn't like about him. I remember reading I was like, man, I I'm not an expert, but God, he seems like he's a really good athlete, like and runs really fast. Like and, Yeah, didn't get seventy five percent of the time he was the biggest, strongest wide receiver on the field in college. Yes. Oh, at least seventy five. So, like, yeah. I just didn't I I totally agree with you. I didn't understand the not yeah. necessarily the slip, but some of the knocks on him was... Honest to God, I think if he would have played at Alabama, he would have been a lottery pick, but, you know, Notre Dame. Oh, Notre, yeah. Notre Dame's just kind of, you know, you know what it is. Um, well, different discussion. Yeah, not for this pod. But, okay, well, that's it. I just want to get a read on the Steelers with you. Thus concludes our AFC North discussion chat. Um, so we're going to wrap up the plot pod with... Uh, I know you had some commissioner statements, and I know this is probably the part of the pod where folks are most excited for so uh hit up with us what what's 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 coming down from the from your little uh ivory tower over there Oof. that was an introduction <laughs> um i just had a couple small things because i've been dragging ass from the commissioner standpoint but if you're refreshed i'm Great. back i'm ready to go i mean you gotta be um, you enter i mean once the commissioner starts you are just bombarded <laughs> i mean it's tough job i went you know tough job Hey, we navigated COVID pretty well last year as a front office. You certainly did. You really only a little bit of hatred towards me. You got. I gotta say honestly, you nailed it. I so I'm. You know, obviously there are some folks in my life who are in other fantasy leagues. You you really did deserve more credit (laughs) because it was a lot to deal with. And some leagues just like fell apart with some of the COVID. People got so (laughs) mad about the Wednesday night games and the the Tuesday games and what counts for what. Made sense. You did a great job navigating those waters. You were really some some 
some commissioners are peacetime. You're a wartime commissioner, baby. You're you're right in there. Hey, embrace it, man. Amen. Embrace it. Thank you. A um, lot of lot of backdoor discussions out there. Everybody knows who they are. They, <laughs> they uh, use it as a sounding board. So thanks thanks for those folks as well. <clears throat> um, but the typical things, right? So last year we voted at the draft before the draft. I think I'm going to try my best to avoid that if I can get adequate participation on rules and settings and league changes, all that stuff that needs voted on. So I'll try to get something out to you guys this week or dating myself here whenever you listen to this, uh, early August. So I think that's better for, and you can voice your opinion, Alec, but voting on those things and having everything said and done before draft weekend, in my opinion, is just one less thing we have to deal with um, when we're drunk and could not agree more. And also getting, trying, what's amazing to me is when we vote in person, even seemingly innocuous, like innocent things turn into 15 minute discussions in Oh my god! It's it's wild to see it all unfold. It really makes you question democracy as a way of governing people when you see it all go down. Yeah. But I do think that it like there are some quick wins that I think we can definitely handle virtually. I, you know, we might have some like thornier topics. I don't know what you have on your docket, but I could see you know there's two or three things we actually legitimately might need to hash out. But I could yeah. see us clearing seven or eight like low lift we get unanimous approval, move on. And, you know, we, so we can use the draft as like, Hey, we have these two topics we got to align on and then move on, you know? Yep. So we'll see what type of participation we get. It's all dependent on the, the 12 members voicing their opinion ahead of time. Amen. So you've been warned. Um, and then we've been having a lot of good discussion or a couple of us have at least about um, changing our platform. Not next year, probably affecting 2022. So I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit in Denver, um, but look for more to come on that even before Denver because I'd like to be able to pilot on the side a couple different platforms so we have an idea of what we're getting into. You know, we, we could we could make that change and hate ourselves for it next year. So I, I don't want to just cut the cord necessarily and – um, you know, ditch ESPN. ESPN has its flaws, and we all complain about it, but it gets us what we need week to week. So, I agree. I'm totally down um, to navigate new things, but I think we need to be thoughtful around it because, yeah, like you said, it could, it like it. ESPN does do the its assignment, you know. Yeah. So I talked with you know I talked with Fez a little bit about this and some other folks, but. Um, you know, I won't force people into it, but I think if we could get a handful of people that go and run their team in parallel on a different website, and, you know, it's asking a decent amount of people, but, you know, just to get a feel for transactions and yes. scoring and things like that um, would be good. Love that. Year, I think. So that's on the list and more to come there. Uh, what else? Uh, we talked about the live draft. I was ready to say that we're doing a live draft in Denver because I think it's fun. You talked me out of that a little bit, but I mean, here's my thing. You're the... uh, be ready that I'm 95% solid on a live draft. Cause I think it's, I mean, 
I say you kind of do it as like, you know, we maybe we get this pot out Monday, Tuesday of this week. You say like, hey, this is we're thinking about doing a live draft speak now or forever hold your peace and we just kind of if we don't hear and if, if no one bitches for the rest of the week then we just we just implement it baby every single person listening to this right now is picking up their phone to yell at me <laughs> <laughs> so let's see what the reaction is let's that's, see that's what's going to happen um those are my big three things so really the moral of the story is more to come from me over the next two weeks or so here um as we gear up um obviously a lot of a lot of the content you're used to is churning in my head for uh for september 2nd so be ready to arrive to some to some fun things as Ah, always i mean the packet i mean i got them all stored away on my move i have all i mean it's the highlight of my draft every year love reading that damn thing man you do a great job um i got a good newer idea for it this year so hopefully that, that that involves the media team, you, you, you and Imhoff, your, your media empire as we... Wow, I love this little multimedia discipline. I love it. Um, so. Well, great. Well, I also know, too, that I have a little few tricks up my sleeve, too, that I will not be spoiling. Sure. Um, but just, you know, every year you just got to throw in some wrinkles. Every single year you got to do something. Just keep things fresh there's, and new. There's and, been uh, a few over the past few years. Yep. You know, good. always got to do it. Um well, great. Well, cool, Bennett. Well, do you have any other parting thoughts before we call, conclude our season first episode of season four here? I won't start stirring the pot up this early. Um, I've been looking at some, some stats. I, I loaded last season into the, the reporting stuff that I've got over here, and there's some, some interesting things that start pointing out. So. Oh, boy. That'll, that'll be some good fodder for discussion either um, over the next few weeks to get us excited or, or come draft weekend. So, the emotion- plenty of pots to stir out there. The emotional turmoil you create with those stats, man, it's, <laughs> it is just remarkable to it's- see it all play out. Yeah, there's some interesting stuff going on over here. So. I bet. I bet. Well, great, my man. Get it out there. Well, that's it. I think we can call this. It's been, a, as always, it's been a ton of fun, my man. Um, and I cannot wait to start this season. Here we go. Another season. Time to time to get back in the lion's den here. I'm pumped. Appreciate you uh, getting this thing rolling again. Amen. And I can't wait to see everybody in a month or so here. Amen, brother. Well, it's great talking. Take it easy, and uh, I'll see you in Blackhawk. See you, buddy. Let him in. Thanks.